Hello and welcome to another episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about a terrible loss on a Monday night, the Chiefs against the Eagles, a Super Bowl rematch that was uh, not exactly what we thought was going to happen. Although, Reese, I'm going to go into, um, what, what was that guy's name, uh, the uh, the uh, Cardinals coach, like 20 years ago? He's like, they were who we thought they were. Oh, crap. Sports trivia. Here we go. Do-do-do-do. Yeah, I can see his face. Hold on. Keep keep vamping. I'll figure that one they out. They were who they thought we were. Dennis Green. Dennis Green. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's because, a... Reese, I'm, I'm going to do my, my best Dennis Green impression, but when it comes to the Chiefs, we knew who we thought they were. We knew who they we thought. We knew who we knew they were. We knew who we knew they were. Yeah, that's fair. And they, and uh, obviously, Nick Sirianni leaving the tunnel like a big man and yelling oh in the tunnel at the God. fans like he still thinks that. Dude, uh, you know what's funny is I, I'm sure on I would bet you money on this that if Nick Sirianni is business cards, like the middle name, it says Nick him Sirianni. <laughs> real, real, no cap on, on God. Nick Sirianni would fight in a bar fight the way Josh Allen does on a field where like he'll start the scrap and then like once he's about to get le- like leveled and decked, he'll like run away and let his friends come take over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, notice notice that he said what he said. So everyone go on Twitter and just type in Nick Sirianni leaving leaving Arrowhead. Like he was in the tunnel. There's no way anybody can jump him or even like verbally talk back to him. And he's yeah. yelling at Chiefs fans saying, "I don't want to hear bleep about about us anymore or come out Dude. of your mouth." I'm paraphrasing, but it's yeah. just like it's just like the weakest moment during a regular season game. For him to be so pent up and so frustrated with Chiefs fans, uh, to then be in the in the tunnel, no Chiefs fans around him, to then start yelling at Chiefs fans, uh, it was it was really funny. And actually, I'm glad he did it, Reese, because this is going to be like great bulletin board material if we face them. If we if there is a Super Bowl rematch, which I don't know if there is going to be one, uh, but if there is, we have some great bulletin board because that was that was pretty low. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it's a good thing he won that Super Bowl last year against us, or he'd look really stupid right now. Reese, speaking about looking stupid, I have a I have a Thanksgiving story for you. Hit me. So, Reese, we, uh, so me, my wife, and my son were out here in Phoenix. Uh, we traveled yesterday and took one of those super early flights, uh, did a 5 a.m. flight. Well, was supposed to do a 5 a.m. flight. So, anyway, so we live about like an hour away from the airport, got up at 1 left at 2 a.m. And as we're going, there's this like the huge truck in front of us and something had like got off the truck, nothing big, but definitely we saw something fly, fly off of it. And then moments later, we we heard like the right side of our car go shroop. And then moments after that, we heard. Psss. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, dude, so 2 a.m. And I, you haven't seen where I live, but I live like an hour north of Greeley. So it's like middle of nowhere. So 2 a.m., middle of nowhere, flat tire on the right hand side, passenger side. Um, I'm going to call out State Farm right now, Reese. I'm going to I'm going to do a, a cold, not even a cold snack. What's our what what's our shaming segment? Didn't didn't we have a shame segment at one point? Oh, a shame segment. Uh I think we did, didn't we? We had like the dong, the bell or whatever it yeah, was. We had we had some shame segment. I'm going to bring that back today, Reese, because we're going to shame State Farm 
auto. Oh, that's some season so one Reese, stuff. Yeah. Reese, I am, I am a, a State Farm owner, or I'm a State Farm insurance person, and we have 24-7 uh-huh. coverage, right, for flat tires or anything. So yeah. at 2 a.m., I put in a report. Um, we got someone on the line, and they're like, all right, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can to try to find somebody. And, like, I'm on the app, okay? So I, I had called a representative. They said they're trying to find someone. Hang up. Still have the app, and the app is saying they're searching for someone. Um, so about 20 minutes goes by and then they have a chat function too that you can chat with a live representative. So I press the chat function and I go, hello, we're still stranded here. I have like a, a, I have a 13 month old baby, you know, can we get someone over here as soon as possible? Um, no one in the chat. I even put like, it says like your virtual assistant is, is present and no response to that so then i go hello virtual agent are you there i need help (laughs) 10 minutes go by no response then i put in all caps i go help x and then i put three exclamation points in the chat press send 20 minutes later no response oh my gosh we were there for like from two to about 3 30 um, and Logan and I were calling other places to try to get someone to, to you know, re- repair the spare or put the spare on. Um, so to no avail, I called another representative from State Farm and they were like, they were actually very nice. So they were like, OK, we're, we're, we're trying to find someone. It looks like none of our people can help. There's no one available right now. So let me go ahead and like start searching around our areas if we can find someone. And while that person was calling, I get a call back from the first representative and they go, we've deemed your search failed. So we can't get anyone till the morning so we can get someone there at 9 a.m. What? And I was like, it is 2 a.m. and I'm paying 24-7 hour service. I have a 13-month-old child and you're telling me that no one can come fix my tire until 9 a.m. And they're like, sorry, we have deemed the search failed. They're like, what would you like me to do? And I was like, I was like, can you keep calling people? And she was yeah. like, nope, we cannot. The only thing I can do is schedule a 9 a.m. tow. And I was like, okay, then I guess that's what we're going to do. So that happened. Uh, my father-in-law came and picked us up in like the middle of the road. Went back oh home. Got it all fixed. But like, man, you know how they have the customer service, like rate your service from zero to ten. Like yeah. they put like in a text response. So I put zero. And then I immediately Good. got a call from like their corporate. And dude, I, I told this whole story over again. And I was like, you're kidding me. I had a 13 month old child. I'm paying, you know, a bleep amount of money to for 24 seven hour service and no one can come pick me up. Or no one can like check the tire. Seriously, wild race, wild shame on State Farm. Um, took a later flight. Now we're in Arizona, having a great time. Merry Christmas, dude! I had no idea. That's insane. So, like, what happened to the car when your when your father in law came? Did he put the donut on, or did you? What did you do? No, I mean we we were like on the side of the road. We were sorry, we weren't in the middle of the road. We were able to pull off and veer in like to a dirt road, which was nice. And then I yeah. Ubered back there at nine a.m. Um, met a tow guy there. He replaced this. He replaced the tire or put a spare in, and then. Um, and then what happened? Um, then I took it over to Discount Tire, um, got the got the got the wheel replaced, and then we we're good. Dude, okay. So what we've learned in here is that they have Mahome, Maauto, but not Mabac because that is just <laughs> poor service from State Farm. So okay, so you know what you need to do then. Big I rip. always I always make sure I leave the house with four cards. I got my ID, I got my credit or debit. 
I have my Costco executive membership, and I never leave home without this bad boy, my AAA gold card. What you need to do tomorrow, or whenever they're open again, is cancel your 24-7 State Farm, or get that taken off your bundle, and get the AAA roadside assistance, dude. This thing has... I used to have AAA. Oh, man. This thing has never let me down. I mean, I call a guy... I could call a guy on Thanksgiving and be like, yo, I'm in like... I don't know, Scunderson, Missouri. And they're like, yo, I got your back. And I'll be there with a Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, that's how they are. They have saved my butt so many times. And you can also get like hotel discounts, restaurant discounts, that kind of stuff with the service. So take a gander at that because I am outraged for you. I'm so I actually used to have AAA when I was uh, on like insurance with my parents and my mom mm-hmm. had it. So then we yeah, I used AAA all the time, actually. But because now I use State Farm, they're like, I was like, oh, yeah, their road service going to be fine. No, you're right. I might have to take that off my bundle and I'm going to use AAA because uh, boy, what a what a start to the Thanksgiving break. Reese, how about you? What did give us give us some good news? Give us give give us a happy story. What, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, the good news is like there's, there's a lot of stuff like going very, very well, my, like well in my life, you know. So I don't even brag, be like, well, that's perfect. And I'm kicking butt, but it's like I don't have anything to complain about. So it's like I guess that's happy, uh, you know. Thankful for all that for sure. Uh, for Thanksgiving, I'll be heading up to Iowa to kick it with my dad and his dog because my mom is gonna be up at Mayo Clinic with my grandpa doing something, so she won't be back until like later that evening. So we're gonna make sure he he does Thanksgiving right. Uh, oven, not, oven turkey or smoker turkey? Uh, we're actually, let me think. So we're just going to do a charcuterie board tomorrow because we're going to be getting there around like two, maybe three. So we don't want to cook. Friday is the Iowa versus Nebraska game. So Ooh. we're going to be smoking some ribs for that Ooh. bad boy. Yep. And then I think Saturday is going to be kind of our de facto like baby thanksgiving like my dad's gonna make a couple side dishes he likes he got like a like a full turkey breast from the butcher that he's just gonna i think he's he's got like a crock pot recipe for it that he wants to do so you know that's gonna be kind of our de facto diet thanksgiving experience well i mean for the circumstances that sounds that sounds well iowa nebraska sounds fun at least ah have you watched iowa or nebraska this year (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a nice seven to three game okay yeah see you know you're already in the know you're in the know but (laughs) Dude, that's what, you know, I'm just going to transition right here. That's what gets me so much about this Chiefs team right now is that, like, I already get to watch an elite defense once a week that has, a, like, absolutely incompetent offense. I don't need that twice a week. It just, like, it hurts me in my heart. Yeah, Reese, if 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 I were to told you last year at the Super Bowl that we'd have a rematch and Jalen Hurts would put up 150 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception with five sacks... Clearly, you would think we'd win that game, right? Absolutely. No question that Jalen Hurts would win. That would beat the Chiefs with 150 yards on the ground or in the air, zero touchdowns with one interception. There's no way. No, absolutely not. If I can be honest, the only thing. So I'm coming out of this game actually happy because I thought the Eagles were actually a really good team. I'm like, dude, I'm like, we might get boat raced, you know, a really good offense against our defense. You know, I know our offense is going to put up points. They'll probably stall out. The only thing I learned from this game is that the Eagles actually aren't nearly as good as I thought they were. Wow. That's interesting. I don't know if I have the same. I see what you mean, but I don't know if I have the same take. Let me say the score and then and then I want you to um, devolve in that take. So uh, we lost Kansas City Chiefs lost uh, 17 to 21. 
the Eagles, even though Jalen Hurts had zero touchdowns through the air, he had two on the ground, one with DeAndre Swift. Patrick Mahomes, 177 yards with two touchdowns and an interception. Reese, um, I want you to I want you to keep going on your take there. You're saying you think that the Eagles are not as good as they because right now they are the Super Bowl favorites, right? So they are considered the best team in the NFL. But you think not so much. Tell us more. If the San Francisco 49ers are healthy, like relatively healthy, as in, let's say that, you know, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kittle, McCaffrey, they're all playing at least to some capacity. I legitimately think they might boat race this Eagles team. Wow. Like I, I was that unimpressed and I've watched other Eagles games this year. Everyone keeps saying, oh, they'll turn it on. They'll turn it on. At what point is this just what this Eagle team is? And you got to remember, a lot of their stats last year were bolstered by the fact that they played, what was it? It was like the third weakest strength of schedule all time or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, if you look at the box score here, we had 100 more total yards. We had, let's see, 40 more passing yards. We held them to 124 passing yards. We had 168 rushing yards. CH was clowning on these guys, and you saw it. So that tells me this (laughs) defense of theirs is totally fake. I mean, honestly, 9 out of 10 times, or if we had even a competent wide receiver one, you lose this game by two scores 9 out of 10 times. Hmm. I mean, and that's just exactly how this was. Even in the second half, when they put up one touchdown per quarter, that's what's so bizarre is that it's just like, even in the second half, going back and watching the highlights, I'm like, yo, we're beating them in every facet of this game, except when it comes to scoring points, which was an us thing and not a them thing. I'm going to I'm going to address your first point. So you said that the 49ers are superior to the Eagles. The Eagles all season have just not been able to cook and they're not as good as the defense. Right. Can, can I double down one or, more sorry, thing on offense, that? Offense. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think if the Lions play their game, I think the Lions <laughs> can beat this Eagles team. Reese is a Lions believer with Armando. Finally, I have someone on the Lions train with me. The Lions can beat this team like 38-32 or 38-35. I really do believe that. No, no, that's fair. No, I I definitely think any given Sunday, as the saying goes, um, the Lions can beat any team, including the 49ers, including the Eagles. Um, But carry on. But, but Reese, I have a different take very uh, it's kind of similar opinions but different way of looking at it i actually do think that this eagles team is the best team in the nfl i do think that this offense is legit i still think that this offensive line is supposed to be the best offensive line in the nfl but reese our i i I think what the storyline is is that our defense is the best our defense is the most elite defense out there i think aj brown is still a beast but legerious sneed is beastier than aj brown i think that that offensive line is amazing but our defensive line made them look like a preschool like like a preschool flag football team in that first half reese like it's amazing how good this defense is, and I think they can play anybody. And if we sniff a Super Bowl, it will only be because this defense is absolutely cooking. I mean, we saw that one blown play at the very end of the game. But again, what what are we going to ask of our guys when when Patrick Mahomes is turning over the ball, Tyreek Hill, sorry, Tyreek Hill, yikes, Travis Kelsey's turning over the ball, and this defense is busting their butt, and then two minutes later, they have to go right back on the field. So I don't know if I can um, 
if if, if I can um, blame this defense for those blown plays at the very end of the game, I think they were just gassed. So I think a huge winner in this game, even though we lost, is going to be Spags. Hands off to Spags. We've already Reese has already done his triple cold snack take back. This defense is here to stay. I think this Eagles team is elite. We were just able to put the brakes on them. You know what? I want to go one step further on this. I'm just going to throw a blazing hot take out here. Vikings are going to beat the Eagles too. Not only am I a full believer in this defense at this point and being elite, I legitimately think this might be the best defense the NFL has seen since the Legion of Boom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, Reese. Reese, have you you already started having your your eggnog rum chata? Whoa, eggnog rum chata sounds real good, actually. Actually, I just made that up, yeah. Is is this sober, (laughs) Reese, talking? Are you sure you want to say that with with the 49ers defenses, with even the Eagles defenses? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. The oh, Eagles, my goodness. The, the, so here's the one thing. T- 180 over here. The 49ers defense has gotten lit up a few times this year. Like, that is the thing. And last year, they got lit up as well. Uh, they've always been solid. They've always been disciplined. But if we're going to talk in terms of, like, pure talent, execution, and discipline right now, dude, I'm dead serious. Have you seen a secondary as good as Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie since maybe Cam Chancellor and, uh, you know, wow. I, I, I'm so fired up. I'm missing the whole gang right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Richard Sherman. <laughs> Richard Sherman. Thank you. I'm like, Earl Thomas. Guy. <laughs> Earl Thomas. Oh, I'm, I'm that fired up. So I, now I'm not saying they're better than the Legion of Boom. I'm not, I'm not going that far. But since like, and this includes that Broncos team that won that Super Bowl in 2015. Wow. That was a gnarly defense. This one is wow. equally gnarly, I think. I you know what I I have to like go back into history in the past seven years to make sure that this is a correct take. I'm very hesitant to say that this is a correct take. At least I agree with the take. But yes, I will say that Legarius Sneed is having one of the greatest seasons ever. Uh, I think the only person I was just looking at some sets. The only person that has surpassed a hundred yards on the ground or sorry in the air against Legarius Sneed is Joshua Palmer. And again, I think it was just one of those games where you know we were double covering Keenan Allen and Joshua Pollard just having the time of his life but again time after time Legereus Sneed against AJ Brown against Amon Rod St. Brown against Tyreek Hill um, against you know the elite like still elite right wide receivers in the game and particularly this year have been shut down so I will say yeah maybe Legereus Sneed in particular is like all it has having an all decade year right now well we have to talk about Trent McDuffie as well he's leading secondary players in forced fumbles as year and this is only year yeah, two mind you it's crazy and that's the other thing people are sleeping on like it, it's gotten to this situation over the past i would say five to ten years in the nfl where the de facto best cornerback is the one who ball hawks and runs his mouth the most and like gets the most clout i mean look at jalen ramsey look at sauce garden we've talked about those Darius guys slay yeah. yo Trent McDuffie out there blowing you up in the backfield. Trent McDuffie out there putting the clamps on your wide receiver one or two. Trent McDuffie sacking your quarterback. Dude, this guy is a machine. He's doing it all. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you said, two sacks, great in coverage, um, can rush the quarterback like one of the best pass rushers. Not only like best pass rushing corners, but best pass rushers in the NFL right now. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Hands off to Trent McDuffie. Hands off to Legereus Need. Hands off to Chris Jones. Also, what did Chris Jones? He had two sacks that completely ruined that one drive. Four tackles for a 
a loss. I mean, just an incredible day defensively. Um, unfortunately, was uh, didn't live up to the hype. Um, or what? I mean, what what should have happened is this should have been, uh, you know, thirty-five to twenty-one easily. It could have been a thirty-five to twenty-one game, which is why yeah. you know, like like you said, you you're not particularly sad about this game. And same for me. It's like if we had, and we'll of course transition now into the offense. But it, uh, I kind of said this in the group chat we give this offense maybe a C to C minus at best of what happened. And it was a four point game. And Patrick Mahomes was at a C minus like, yes, I feel good about this game. If we were to rematch the Eagles in the Super Bowl, um, I'm assuming that MVS is going to see a ball machine from now until February. I'm assuming that all these guys are going to like, this is the present that Andy Reid is going to give, you know, five guys. He said, guess what? Christmas, Christmas came early. Here's a ball machine in all your backyards. Now everyone go and catch a hundred balls a day. Reese, let's transition to those wide receivers. What the heck happened on Monday night? I mean, dude, it's, it's why going into this game, I, this is what's so frustrating. I had accepted a loss, and I've said this before on the podcast. Like I had this chalked down as a loss. So the fact that the defense was playing as baller as they were, the offense was doing fine. The offense was at least a B to B plus in the first half. Yeah. Again, first 15, baby. 17 to 7. I'm like, okay, coming off a of bye week. I'm like, this could get I I didn't think it would get ugly, but I'm like, this could wind up being like 34 to 20 or something that or like 34-17, which is what it should have been. But Dude, I, I've got some numbers here just to tell you about the wide receivers, which is which is all you need to know. So here is our wide receiver room on the year. Uh, I'm going to give you some stats on these guys. So MV, I don't want them. Don't tell me them. I'm not. I'm not ready for this reason. This is the Chiefs' wide receiver room. Justin Ross, currently on commission as exemplist. MVS, 249 yards, one touchdown, 51% catch rate. Kadarius Toney, 127 yards, one touchdown, 73.3% catch rate. And that's even after that. Really? That's even after that debacle against Detroit. That's surprising. Wow. Sky Moore, 201 yards, one touchdown, 53.1% catch rate. Ooh. Justin Watson, 276 yards, one touchdown, 52.8% catch rate. <sighs> Rashi Rice. 378 yards, four touchdowns, 78.3% catch rate. Good. Now, I, I will say, I know that Rashi Rice gets a lot of easy balls, like, in the flats, in the shallow, and he's a yak guy. But... Sky Moore, so you can say the exact same thing. He's getting easy balls, too. He is. 53%. But, dude, that's our wide receiver room. This... Wait, did you say Marquez Valdez-Scanley? What, what percentage was it? 51%. So, so this is what makes everything so frustrating and just absolutely vomit inducing. It's just like, A, these guys aren't good enough to get separation. B, on the few times they do breach the water, come up for air and get separation, it'll hit them right in the hands and they'll drop it. And that's just, it's mind blowing. And that's what's happening right now in offense is we're, we've, we've seen it now all season long. Teams are double sometimes triple teaming Kelsey and saying we can literally stop mm-hmm. all of these scrubs. Like, honestly, if we had a Juju Smith Schuster level replacement guy this year, I do think this game would have been 34 17. Like, I think we would have, wow. we would have executed. We would have put the game out of reach by the end of the third quarter. 
could have gone home happy, but and you know we don't we don't have one because i don't know why <laughs> i was i was just talking to my brother-in-law because the national media of course they're all talking about it on uh, yesterday they were talking about particularly but they were talking about it like it was the first time that they had seen a game this year of the Kansas city chiefs or like i mean i don't remember the last time we played a monday night game but it seems like the whole national media is just catching on to the wide receivers and they're like well patrick mahomes doesn't have enough help you know what happened reese you and i were saying this week one and my my um, complaint week one or my theory was that Travis Kelsey wasn't there, so they were able to put the focus on all the other wide receivers. And I got it kind of wrong, but we were right in the sense that we have a wide receiver problem. And and my justification was, well, we have a wide receiver problem without Kelsey. And now it's like very apparent and it's been apparent week after week after week. Um, I'm going to say uh, boo-hoo on Brett Veach. This 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 one's on Brett Veach, Reese. Yes. We've been saying this since week one and nothing happened before the trade deadline. And I said, I don't know, two or three weeks ago when the trade deadline happened, I was like, this is it. Like, this is our team. And we are seeing a Brett Veach that could have gotten somebody, right? I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. We could have, you know, gotten a fourth rounder for Hopkins, right? Or a fifth rounder for Hopkins or, you know, five or six for um, for for Mike Evans or even someone of a lower tier, like you said, a, a Juju Smith-Schuster type tier. This is on, like, yes, of course, this is on our wide receivers. We've been blaming them every week, but I'm going to add Brett Veach to this now. I'm going to say, Veach, you knew this was a problem for 10 straight weeks and you did nothing and i i bet you reese this actually I'm, i want to bring up one thing too patrick mahomes looked pissed patrick mahomes did not look good in that post game and that was one of the rare times even in a loss that i've seen pat like really fighting not to say something he normally goes you know this one's on me this one he always tries to blame himself but you can tell he wanted to say some other things and that was the first time and that's an indicator to me that you know pat's talked to brett about this like he said hey buddy I'm doing. Look, I'm going to show you this this Reddit page. Reese, the recent Carnet Bach Lesnar texted me. Look at all of these. Almost catches the entire season. So boohoo on on Brett Feach, Reese. That's that's what I got to say. And the problem is they've been really skimpy on getting Patrick weapons ever since Sammy Watkins. They brought him into town in 2019, I think it was. They're incredibly lucky they got Juju last year because I think Juju just cleared where we needed to be talent-wise to tie everything together. Yeah. Because again, people forget. I've had this conversation with multiple Chiefs fans. Like, yeah, well, Juju was like only a six, 700-yard guy. Dude, Juju missed, I think, three games last year and he was 50 yards away from being a thousand yard receiver. Wow. Juju was huge last year in games like this where Travis is getting clamped by multiple guys and we need someone to make a play. That was Juju. This is Brett Veach. And Brett Veach has neglected to get any sort of talent for Patrick Mahomes on offense. I appreciate him rebuilding this defense, but from here on out, yeah. we have to get Patrick weapons. Or I mean, What's he? He might leave town. I, well, that's a bit of hyperbole, but you know he he could leave town. Series, uh, series. I got some numbers. We here. need the clicks. I, I got some more numbers. We need the clicks. So this this tweet's been circulating. You've probably seen this. So this is part one. Twenty one percent of Mahomes' incompletions this year are drops. Have you seen that? Wow. No. Chiefs fans, this is now take this one with a grain of salt. Chiefs fans going back and watching the all 22 footage where, you know, they're watching routes and how people are running things. 
an estimated 12% more of his incompletions are wide receivers running the wrong routes. So, like, did you see that clip of Dan Orlovsky breaking stuff down? Uh, No. Well, I heard, I I saw the video you sent, but only to the extent of, like, it wasn't the wide receivers' problems or something. So here's the thing. Go back and watch that clip. For as much as I clown on Orlovsky, a broken watch is right twice a day. (laughs) And, And he's breaking down what he's seeing. He's like, a lot of this has to do with Mahomes essentially having second level. Oh, yeah, I did knowledge. see that. Mm-hmm. So he's like, right. the safety is here. He's got a post route. He's like, any wide receiver worth his weight will know not to break in on that post route and will keep running the sideline. There were multiple occasions of that against the Eagles where it's like, if he runs the right route, like the one where MVS pirouettes over himself twice and falls over, that's a touchdown. And we've been talking about Mahomes' deep ball being off the better part of a season, maybe season and a half now. I think he points out why. It's like, I don't think Mahomes is just being like, ah, YOLO, I've forgotten how to throw more than 15 yards. Yeah, He's got wide receivers that don't have rudimentary knowledge that wide receiver one or twos need to have to be effective at that position. Yeah, well, no, I'll actually even go farther. I know that he was breaking down um like particular things of them not seeing where they're like the soft coverage is but at the same time there were there was one play i think it was justin watson that had curved in mm-hmm. um but i think the route was a go like like he was supposed to have a go route because even andy reed like they had panned to the sideline and andy like looks at his sheet and like hits himself with the sheet or he like is cursing in his sheet by the way andy reed does not cuss so for him to like have to cover himself i actually think they're just blowing routes like you said what did you say 25 percent of them have been blown blown routes 21 percent like pr- pr- empirically 21 percent of his incompletions are drops going back and looking at the all 22 footage an estimated 12 percent are wrong routes or like the receiver doing I think, the wrong honestly thing. i th- i think one of the justin watson not going forward and doing a curl was not that awareness of soft coverage just it was the wrong route because even like i said andy reed is like what what the hell did he just do? I mean, it's it's really it's really embarrassing, Reese. And and that's another actually no, that's not a reason why. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to another point, um, just because it's it's relevant to what we talked about last week. It's similar to what we're talking about. So last week, Reese, I said, is this a Matt Nagy problem? Because the first fifteen always looked great in the past couple of weeks, and then when the defense adjusts. Our offense seems to not have the solution to those changes. Reese, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. There, there, there wasn't any drop balls in the first 15. It was business as usual. Like you said, you thought maybe not a blowout, but you thought it was going to be at the second half. It was going to be 34 to 20, right? So, Reese, I'm going to ask the question again. Whoever is calling the plays in the second half, is it is it their problem? If it's Andy or maybe it's Matt Nagy. After the first 15, what's going on, Reese? Is it, of course, it's the wide receivers' problems, um, as we've said, but should we start blaming one of whoever's coordinating the second half? I don't think it's play calling yet. And, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, look at the enemy, look at the enemy. We don't have anything to prove that, like, what's going on with this offense is the enemy's fault or, you know, the loss of the enemy. And looking over the last four years since 2019, the offense has been trending downwards. Like, that's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Some of that's defensive taking things away. Some of that's losing Tyreek Hill. Some of that's Travis Kelsey getting older, all that stuff. I don't necessarily want to come at Matt Nagy just yet. 
because we've seen him be successful with the Chiefs once already with Alex Smith, have moderate success with Mitch Trubisky in an empty cabinet with the Bears. Now, here's the thing that I want to bring up. Wide receiver coach, first-year wide receiver coach, Connor Embry. <laughs> Do you know the pedigree behind this guy? Oh, no. But Connor Embry, I'm going to assume that he went to BYU and that he's like a former Reed guy or something. What, what is it, Reese? That's a good guess, but no. So he is a 30-year-old running back who went to Blue Valley West and KU. And now he's the Chiefs wide receiver coach. Oh, he has to be someone's son. Did you look at who his father is or something? I have heard talk that his dad is well established around the metropolitan area. Like people know Connor Embry's dad. Mm. I can't speak to that. I've never heard of him, but I've seen too much of this to ignore now. But Armando, a 30-year-old who played football at KU, before KU was good, mind you, who's our wide receiver coach? This is the equivalent of if, like, the Metropolitan Opera called me up right now and said, Reese, we want you to be chorus master. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I have no experience. No, you, you say, gotcha, fam. You got okay, it. Okay, yeah, you, you, you collect the bag. I get it. But, dude, it's like, yes, I, I have a master's degree and I sang professionally, you know, for 10 years. But it's just like, I know nothing about being a chorus master, let alone at the highest level, let alone at my age and experience. Like what? What are we doing here? I oh, so as you were saying that, I I did do a quick research of Connor Embry. Father served as the head coach at uh, at CU Boulder from 2011 to 2012. Um, was assistant coach at Colorado and UCLA. Was also assistant coach with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Washington, formerly known as the Washington Redskins. So there has to be some sort of circle, like you said. His his dad's probably in the NFL circle, and and he's given him the old uh, the old helper. So the Chiefs website says in his first season with the Chiefs in 2019, Embry primarily served with a linebacking group that accounted for 5.5 sacks and 275. Wait, his dad or the, or the this running is back? Connor. So it looks like Connor may have been like a practice squad linebacker for us. What are we doing with this? Is our wide receiver coach? What, remember what I said about Iowa and like how the parallels here are striking? Right. The whole Iowa thing is the fact that Kirk Ferentz's son, who played offensive line and was like a line specialist in the NFL under Bill Belichick, comes back and he's our line and tight end coach, which honestly, he's a pretty solid line and tight end coach. He then out of nowhere gets promoted to offensive coordinator and quarterback coach? Why? Yeah, and look, if if... If like it was something like he was the quality coach or he was the assistant, then I think we can give him some grace. But when it is the single most problem for the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending the reigning Super Bowl champs, and there is a clear deficiency where we're like a defensive line, a linebackers, F wide receivers, and it is a 30 year old who has no experience in the wide receiver, not only as a coach, but as but as a player has no experience in wide receiving and one of the hardest positions in an Andy Reid offense. Yeah, this is bad race. This is bad. I don't understand why he's there. He might get the old um, who, who just got uh, he, he might get the old Matt Canada boot. Or, or if you follow college football, you might get the old Alex Grinch USC boot. And again, I do not mean to, I, I don't want to come after this guy's character or anything. Like he, from all accounts, like sure. I've heard he's, a, he's a, a great nice guy. guy. Sure, but it's just like 
dude, you wouldn't hire like a first year or like second year out of Iowa State engineering student to be like the lead of quality control at Ferrari's F1 team. <laughs> I, dude, and that's what you have here. It's like the Chiefs are like the Ferrari of NFL offenses. You have the Ferrari of quarterbacks and you're trusting his weapons to someone with no experience doing this. Yeah. And also, if you think about even again, don't want to question his character, but imagine the amount of respect that, you know, wide receivers could have if if they're if they're older than their coach. Right. It's and it's a guy that hasn't even you know, come up. Who's going to have the hard conversations with Marquez Valdez Scantley and say, look at Amon Rod St. Brown MVS. This guy catches one hundred and twenty balls a day. You know, are you putting in that same work like Reese? If someone at work, right, is is a 25 year old and they come to you and say, you know, you're not doing your job well. Are you are you going to take it, you know, the same way? There has to be some someone in there that has to sit these guys down. And I don't know if a 30 year old guy that's never played the position is the person to do that. And I mean, I clown on Mike McDaniel, you know, for being like this young kind of guy you find outside of Spencer's gifts as your head coach. But at least, you know, <laughs> at least that dude is probably closing in on 40. But he's a genius. He's a genius. And like he has pedigree. It's not. I mean, he's right. He was under Shanahan. He was under uh, McVeigh. All those right. dudes. So he's like put his time in. But uh, so I, I think I've said enough about this. Just that's to, that's to answer your question about is this a coaching <laughs> issue? So I think it's a wide receivers as a whole lack talent and B the group is a mess and lacks coordination. So. Armando. Well, well, actually, wait, Reese, one one more thing, uh, since we haven't talked about him. Reese, was this was was the second half collapse, a typical Andy Reid con- conservative playbook collapse? Like, can we talk about Andy Reid then if we're not going to about Nagy? Nope. Nope. I, I really think I don't think it was Andy Reid. We got down to the red zone and Kelsey fumbled it because he YOLO'd it. I, that's the second time he's fumbled away a game now in the last two years, which is incredible. Just want to make sure we can we can cross out the Andy Reid because I actually made a joke about that in the second and in, in, in halftime. And I was like, watch the Andy Reid conservative playbook. But you're right. Like they, they were successful on the ground, but also Mahomes was eating it. So no, for sure. Uh, and, you know, again, how many of these plays work? I think in the second half was the Marquez Valdez Scantling pirouetting and tripping over himself when he had the dude beat. The second half was the deep ball touchdown that goes right through or hits him in the hands and he drops it, which is even worse. The second half had the fourth and 25 last play of the game where Justin Watson goes up. He's the only one with a chance for the ball and it goes right through his hands. There were a lot of great play calls that just failed due to a complete lack of function from the wide receiver room yeah yeah i mean it's look i i think i think you and i can sum it up and say this is a huge wide receiver problem i don't know what exactly fix it at this point again i think actually going back to your dan orlovsky point dan orlovsky did say like these guys are talented. It's not like, you know, like Tony is a professional football player. MVS is a professional football player. Sky Moore like did well in the Super Bowl. You know, like these are players that that can fix it. It just 
you know, if if they haven't gotten the message now, I just don't know attitude wise whether they will, whether they are putting in the work. Like maybe they are. You know, maybe maybe Marcus Valdez Scantley's going to listen to this podcast and he's going to go on Twitter and say, "Yes, I'm catching 200 balls a day." Then I will be proven wrong. But it's safe to say I don't think he's doing the same regimen that Amon Rod St. Brown is doing, or some of these like super disciplined players that you know really want it. It just seems like MVS he's fumbling it and not great. Even Cal, I mean, like. Kelsey played well, but like even, you know, with Kelsey having the, you know, the hiccups, it was not fun to see. Well, and another thing, too, is that I'll, I'll try and send this to you, but I someone posted a montage of like eerily identical drops from MVS while at Green Bay, as in like, you know, deep post oh, really? routes, go routes where the dude is beat, hits him right in the numbers and like he just trips over himself or like has the ball and drops it. Dude, for being like a 6-5-4-4 runner, he's got the coordination of like a baby giraffe out there. You see it. He's just like, (laughs) nothing is smooth. Nothing is fluid. And it's, I mean, it's really hurting us. It's really hurting us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about that as much as we can, unfortunately. And we've talked about it for like 11 weeks. So, But it's good that you and I were able to um, decipher that from week from week one. We've been talking about this. So yeah. uh, at least we have good eyes. We do. You know, uh, just to, to put some shed some, you know, just lightness, lighthearted laughter on this wide receiver room. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know, what's the point of living? What's the point? So Armando, uh, I put together a list this morning over my morning coffee of things that these wide receivers can't catch and things that these wide receivers can catch. Uh-oh, so here we so go. you ready? Oh, yeah. Our wide receivers currently can't catch a cold, a break, a phrase, um all, 22, a fish if it jumped in their boat, her in the rye, and an all-new episode of 60 <laughs> Minutes right after the game, except on the West Coast. <laughs> only, only Reese would think of those last two. They cannot catch any of those things. Now, what they can catch is me outside and these hands. These hands. I knew you were going to say that. So Reese, so uh, yeah, make sure that you donate on Patreon so you can see Reese catch these hands with LeBron James, but now you can also catch these hands with Sky Moore, with MVS, with Justin Watson, with imagine, imagine they're all in a parking lot and they're like, we heard your podcast. You know, you put on some sort of like no fly list now. They're like, who's this guy threatening all these pro like, athletes? Like seven grown men, like professional athletes are just like they've circled you and you're just in the middle of this parking lot and you're like, catch his hands. Dude, I mean, honestly, all I have to do is like put my face in the middle of like MVS's hands and he'll miss every time. Um, okay, I have I have one good thing to talk about with these wide receivers. Okay, how about how about Kadarius Tony as a as as our as our punt returner? Dude. How about him, Reese? Kadarius Tony is Eagles kryptonite. And like I know they had they I think he blew him up for like four or five solid just making him like stupid punt returns. It's yep. unfortunate that I think the very last one is the one where guy like I arm know. tackles they him. They caught the him at like five, yeah. Yeah, that that <laughs> sucks. But like otherwise, dude, Tony was stunting all over him all night. And that felt really good, not gonna lie. 
Yeah, that's like that's like one thing that we've and then Tony, of course, in the Super Bowl. But like that's one thing that you and I talk about every every week. We're just like, where the hell are we going to find someone? You know, Tony, like I said, had a really bad first half of the season. And it seems like he's coming into it, hopefully. But hey, look, even if he doesn't come into it as a, as a wide receiver, if he can just catch a punt return and then like go 10 yards. Great. This is great for us. Yeah, I didn't have that sinking gut feeling of like he's going to muff this every time he had to shag yeah, like a punt. The, the McColl Hardman, yeah. Hardman, Muffin. Washington, Skymore, take your pick. All right. Jeez. Well, hey, uh, I know we're running a little low on time. Uh, I did have some last, and th- these can be short questions. We have to go super in-depth on these, but I had some questions I wanted to ask you. Let's do it. I put together some true or false statements that I want to get Ooh. your opinion on. Okay? Ooh, here we go. All right. The Reese true or false segment. True or false the Chiefs wide receiver issues can be fixed yet this year. I'm going to be an optimist and kind of go off of my take and say true because these are professional wide receivers. Maybe not MVS like you said because we have some, you know, Green Bay Packer uh, montages, but like Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Travis Kelsey. All these guys should be able to fix their problems. So true. Okay, then the second part of that question, true or false, the Chiefs wide receivers will fix their issues by the end of the year. Wow. That's hard. I mean, the optimist it? in me, the optimist in me says true, but there's nothing. There is nothing that has shown me that they can. So, and of course, like this is another negative thing. So re- remember, I said that Patrick Mahomes looked very negative in the press conference. Unfortunately, what's to say that that energy is not going to, you know, make these guys scared? To, you know, what if, what if Pat just turns into, you know, a, a machine and starts saying, "You guys better get your act together." another 100 yard ball goes right to MVS. I don't know if he catches it. I think he, he might be scared of Pat at that point. So Reese, I'm going to say false. I don't think this wide receiver room figures it out. Dude, it's hard because you know, unless they've assembled like the all brick hands team that seriously all of them are just like 40 <laughs> overall with their hands. I want to believe statistically they will start regularly catching some of these that are yeah, right in the progression to the mean. But mm-hmm. the flip side of that is the wrong routes. Like, coming off of a bye week, it's what now? That was week 10, week 11. The fact they're still running routes and dropping stuff like that does not fill me with any sort of confidence. Yeah, I was listening to, I forgot what, but that was one of their big takes was Andy Reid knows how to fix stuff in the bye week. And the fact that these things were not fixed in the bye week tells us that we're in big trouble because Andy Reid is normally, normally after a bye week, he is able to correct silly mistakes. And this was probably the most silly mistake ridden game we've had this year. And this was after a bye week. So really, that's not promising because that was the one time for us to fix it. So, yeah, I don't know. Not looking good, Reese. All right. So here's the next question. True or false? The Chiefs wide receiver room is a bigger problem than the defense was in 2019. Ooh, true. I'm going to say true to that because in 2019, we had Patrick Mahomes at his at his best where like like I said, you know, you're going to score 35. Fine. We're going to score 40. You know, you're going to score 38. Fine. We're going to score 41. Um, 
we can't do that on offense or on defense, right? Nick Bolton can't do scoop and score three times a game, right? McDuffie can't, you know, uh, can't strip the ball twice a game, right? So yes, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a good take, Reese. Uh, yes, this is a bigger problem than our 2019 awful defense. Well, I mean, I'm glad you agree because like that, you took the words right out of my mouth. With, with that 2019 defense, you could still put up 40 and pray. You can't right. win games if you can't score points. And that's what we're staring at right now with this wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, it, this was not on my bingo card for 20, 2023, where we've said time and time again, all we need is an average defense for Patrick Mahomes to, to win every game. And now our offense isn't even average. Like, we're not even cracking 20 points, right? And if we are, it's not because it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes 400 yards, 300 or three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not it's not good, Reese. Although I will say, I think I just looked at a stat. Patrick Mahomes still has the third highest Q, QBR rating, um, and I'm not sure how catches um, account for QBR or like drop catches. I don't know if that neg- negatively affects their QBR, but like he's still objectively good this year, which is funny. My guess is incompletions or incompletions. QBR don't matter if it hits him in the hands. Don't matter if it hits some guy in row 35. So, no. Oh, all right. I got a few more questions for you. True Let's or false? It. The Chiefs will be one and done in the playoffs. Ooh, I'm going to say no. I, I think I, I think like, yes, I think this game shows me that we're not going to be one and done because, again, we lost by four points and we had maybe the worst offensive showing in this in this season. OK, pretty cut and dry there. Uh, do you have an opinion on if we'll get the first seed just out of curiosity? Um, let me look really quick just to see who else is breathing down our neck. You know what? Because that that'll determine if we are going to proceed. Put put a pin in that for a second. So here's my final okay. question for you: True or false? The Chiefs will not win the AFC West. Whoa. Uh, no, I think I think they still win. But um, who who's breathing down our neck there? Let me see. Sorry, I don't have everything popped up denver uh yeah look look denver four straight they've won four straight and they've looked good against really good teams so um i no i don't i don't think i because because look at our schedule yes we might lose to the bills but like everyone else it should we should win these games we should win these games i'll tell you what's what's got me a little worried here on that situation like you said denver's won four in a row they're suddenly five and five now, I am not saying Russell Wilson's back from the dead by any stretch. Anyone saying no, that is a no. clown. Like, you, you, you and I have watched two of those four games they've won, and they, you know, it's not an offensive juggernaut. They're not scoring many more points than we are, if we're being honest. They're winning games scoring like 20, 21 points per game. Just crap like 12 men on the field on a missed field goal is bailing them out, you know, or like getting to play Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs and no Justin Jefferson is bailing them out. Now, that being said, we can only take care of the teams in front of us right now. And I'll tell you what. I still have the Bills stamped as a loss on our schedule. I really do. I think they can out offense us. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Bengals, I, I, they're not an auto loss anymore now that Joe Burrow's not there. But expect that to be a chicanery game. Mm. You know, late in the year, the Bengals still hate us. They're going to bring their A plus game for that one. But also, dude, if, I mean, look, if 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 Jake Browning beats us that game, I'm saying it right now, I will buy a Jake Browning jersey and I will wear it for the for the 2024 2025 season every single week. Oh, if, no. if the Bengals beat us, why would you do I'm, that? I'm putting that out there. I'm putting it out there right now. <laughs> but still on our schedule, I'm I'm that confident, Reese. There's no way Jake Browning is beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, fine, fine. No way Jake Browning is beating the Kansas City Chiefs. 
But we still have the Chargers at SoFi, and we know how tricky they usually play us. We also have two more games against the Raiders, who have seemingly rallied around that interim head coach yeah. like they're happy that yeah, what's i don't know how to feel gone. i don't know how to feel about that antonio pierce yeah i don't because look like they're probably going to bring their a game and then our our offense is going to look like crap i just don't know if that adrian or aiden o'connell can you know put them over the hump it's a I, weird team it's a weird team i think our offense is that bad as is evidenced by the fact that you've probably seen this too we have not scored in the second half for three straight games that's six straight second half quarters we have not put up points. Unbelievable. Like, I do not trust this offense to score ever. It's that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not afraid of the Raiders, I'm going to say. But I, I, will, I do respect that team. I think it's a good team. Um, I am afraid of maybe we lose, maybe we lose one to the Broncos again. Uh, we'll see. Wait, no, we're not with the Broncos. We don't have any more games against the Broncos, right? No, we split series with them. So that, that's good. So yeah, we're one on one. So that's fine. Right so we're fine. Yeah, uh, I, I will go back to your point. Um, if we get the one seed, I, it's looking less and less so. Um, the Jags are looking really good now, and same with the Dolphins. The Dolphins are tied with us seven and three. It, it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens look like without Mark Andrews. Mm. If they, because like look like. Lamar Jackson still looks great. Like Lamar looks great, and when he's playing well, he makes Odell look good, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, all these like random dudes that can have one good game. They're very streaky. Um, so I don't know if 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 the Ravens can figure it out without Mark Andrews, then yeah, they're pretty scary. Otherwise, the Dolphins can easily have a better record than us by the end of the year. They could. They could easily. And don't forget about CJ Stroud down there, man. Just like dropping dimes. Six and four. Wow. I mean, he looked he looked a little bad this last game where he threw three picks. I think. Yeah, three picks. I I think he's hot, but I still don't want to test that out right now with how our offense is looking. Yeah, it's it's great coaching out there in in Texas. Great coaching in Houston. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, those are all my true or false questions. All right, Reese. Then why don't why don't we end the podcast with a little uh, prediction against the Raiders? Oof. Okay. So Raiders always play us weird. Uh, I don't necessarily see this as a get right game for us. We have to remember the Raiders are only hiding three games behind us in the standings as well, with seven to play, and they have a much easier mm-hmm. road for the rest of the year. They got we got here. They got us twice. They got the Josh Dobbs Vikings, Chargers, Colts, and Broncos. So hopefully Broncos and Raiders will cannibalize each other a little bit. Same thing with the Chargers-Raiders game. Uh, but, you know, I, honestly, I, who, who's even quarterback for the Raiders right now? Do you know? Aiden, o- Aiden O'Connell. Oh, I forgot about Aiden O'Connell. That's Kevin O'Connell's brother, right? Like, it has to be. I don't know. It's gotta <laughs> be, right? Maybe. I don't know. That's a that's a popular name. I mean, it's a popular last name. Dude, I hope Sam's listening right now like he's yelling, either saying like, yes, you idiots, or no, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> well, uh, anyway. anyway um, so, I think it's like we can and we should win this. You know, I, I, th- I think our defense should be able to clamp this offense and hold them to under 21. Like, with okay. a good effort, without having to like you know, go with over the moon to do it. I think it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the question stands, are we going to keep the Raiders alive multiple times with a Kelsey fumble inside the five, you know, with an MVS drop inside the 20 that winds up being a field goal? I mean, we, we didn't even talk about that in the Eagles game. It's like if 
you know, Mahomes, Mahomes threw bad interception. We'll wash that off the board. But like, if that was even three points, if Kelsey's fumbles even three points, if MBS holds on to that touchdown, that, that's 13 points right there. You know, it's almost double our output. So are we going to do that against yeah. the Raiders? Or are we actually going to execute and put three touchdowns with some sprinkling of field goals over there, which I think is all we need? So Chiefs 23, Raiders... 20 they will score a field goal with like you know 30 seconds left and they'll go for the onside kick and it'll come down the onside kick wow um yeah again a weird game um i think the defense will i think raiders defense will play well they always do play well anyway against us even when our offense is playing good and since we're not i feel like max crosby is about to it's about to have a game unfortunately yeah how about a weird game how about how about 14 to 17 chiefs 14 17 weird small nail biter all iowa nebraska oh dude oh my stomach hurts just thinking about that why does every <laughs> see th- that is the one thing if you go back and watch iowa like their defense winning a game something like eight no what they would win a game like nine to seven with it being a touchdown and a safety or even have you heard about the infamous uh gentleman's touchdown they scored last year no to open the open the season against FCS South Dakota State, who's a very good FCS program, mind you, uh, they won seven to three without scoring a touchdown. That's two safeties and a field goal. That's how they scored wow. seven points. That's all they had. <laughs> Pathetic. And, and, and like they, they used to win a game like that, like once every maybe six seven years. You know, be like, aha, that's kind of fun. Like go Kirk. But dude, it's like when that's every game. <laughs> I got so many more gray it's like hairs not now. Fun anymore. Oh, it's it's not fun. It's not fun. And this is what these Chiefs games feel like. Reese, I totally forgot that we lost to the Broncos and we only scored nine points that game. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's for real. I forgot about that. But but again, it's That's like it's not good. <laughs> you, you look at that. What was that score? 24, 24, 9. 24 to nine. It's like at the time, I think it was what when Skymore dropped that pass, it was twenty one nine. So like if Skymore again doesn't drop one right in the bread basket in the end zone. That's 21 to 16. And like I said, I fully believe the charge would have been on. We put another touchdown on the board beat the Broncos. But again, you know, if ifs and buts are candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. There you go. Why don't we end it there, Reese, with your with your beautiful sage words there? Um, what a what a weird game. And let's let's hope that the tide turns because after this we got O'Connell, we got Love. Of course, we have the Bills, but then we go to the quarterbackless Patriots. O'Connell again. We have Jake Browning and then a Herbert finish. So pretty nice schedule. But uh, again, who knows what's going to happen? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be great. Um, have a great Thanksgiving. We are thankful for our fans, especially especially those that donate on Patreon. We're extra thankful for you all. <laughs> and if, if, you want, if you want us to be really thankful for you, go ahead and donate on Patreon this uh, this Thanksgiving because we could, we could definitely use that. Um, but thank you so much for listening, and thanks for being a part of this, this beautiful family here, Found City Sports Media. We will see you after the Raiders game. We'll have much more content for the end of the season. Stay tuned and go, go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. 
Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. <laughs>